Okay, so I'm just gonna hit everybody with a, a nice quick hypothetical. You're in high school, dating a girl for about three years. Your single dad marries her single mom. Do you break up with your now sister? Yo, what is going on, Sleeper Nation? It is your boy Natter. We're back. I know it's been a little bit of a hiatus, but it's mock season, and you know, I can't say no to a good mock. But of course, I am alongside the Number one Australian analyst. Sheehan, how you doing? I'm good, mate. It's good to be back doing this again. It has been a little bit of a break. It's been nice, though, to uh, kind of unplug from football. Just made me hungrier. I agree. I ahead. fully agree. I mean, I you know, of course, not to go personal. You know, I got a new job. You were moving. We decided, hey, you know what? This is a good time for us to have an unwind, reset, get situated, and then hit the go button. But it, it's redraft season. And this is my specialty. I, I love drafting. I just think it's so much fun. I, I think playing strategies, playing to other people's emotions, going through the motions of that, and then just developing that championship team that where you're not scouring the waiver wires, unless you have an injury, of course. Can't plan that. You're not scouring the waiver wire going, oh man, what am I doing here? What am I doing this? Why am I doing this? This, that. And then you end up just kind of following through that deep abyss of a mistakes. And then you're ending up one and seven wondering where did the season go wrong? But when you should have just listened to us, me and Sheehan, and you'd be good, set to go. Sheehan, so I have a couple quick questions for you. I know that you're in the Scott Fishbowl League. I decided to not do that because uh, of a couple other things that happened, and I decided I didn't want to do it. Uh, your draft happened. How did you? How do you feel about it? It did. I was very happy after the first three rounds, and then I immediately regretted some of my decisions. Well, perhaps not immediately regretted, but I don't think. I went in with like a clear strategy and wanted I don't think I went in with a clear strategy and I don't think I knew what I wanted to do so I was kind of just winging it and that's a dangerous way to play fantasy football as you say like you know drafting is the most fun you can't win your league at the draft but you can lose it and if you have a bad draft you may as well give up the season don't give up the season because that's shit league play and you can still come back from it but I think I might be pushing shit uphill with this team. I need a lot of. So guys to before hit. we start dissecting, this dissecting the team, what, can we hear the format? What's the rules? Uh, it is super flex. It is start two RBs, start three wide receivers, 
start a tight end. There's a bunch of flex positions. You can flex kickers. I like it. Um, it's t- tight end premium. Uh, point per first down. Point uh, Half point per reception. It might be half point per first down. Point per reception. Five points per touchdown. Okay. Uh, and this year, there are significant bonuses and um, negatives for quarterback completion rate. Interesting. Okay, so bonuses, they're too hard to sit there and account for. So they're kind of like an added bonus cherry on top or a just an accidental negative factor. I'm not going to dive too deep into that. Okay, so half point PPR, half point per reception. Basically, get us the first down. If you rush for a first down, does that count? Okay, okay. Yes. Um, hmm, that's interesting. So immediately I would think to myself, okay, who are chain movers? But that's difficult. That's difficult to anticipate. You know, like like a Travis Kelsey. You, you you know him and regard him as a chain mover. But drafting him specifically for that, that's difficult to justify. But then again, it is like something like tight end premium. You know he's going to get his targets. He's going to get his catches, receptions, and all that. He's going to move the chains. That makes him a little bit more of an interesting first-round pick, I think. I would assume he went in the first round. Uh, I think he went at the okay. 112 in mine. I've seen him go as high yes. as the 1-3. Uh, and in a couple of leagues last year, he was the 1-1. One, one. I think that's yes. an overreaction, personally. Um, that's a lot of stock to put in one player uh, based on one position. I think tight end premium is important. But what I see is it makes the... You're better off going for the premium players rather than the premium position. I understand that. that. Now, I do ask, we're kind of jumping far ahead into the draft. Your first tight end in a tight end premium is Cameron Bray. Why is that? Yep, took him in the 14th round. Uh, well, we we know, based on what we talked about last year, that it's either you pick one of the elite tight ends or you wait and I decided to wait. I, in fact, waited too long. I wanted to take Austin Hooper a couple of rounds earlier, Ooh, and I got sniped. Okay. Uh, I think he's going to have a nice season. I thought about taking Mark Andrews with mm-hmm. my second pick, which was the 203. I didn't do that uh, because I thought I'd, I'd wait on wait on tight end. But as I say, it's the way you, the way you build your roster is interesting. If everyone does the same thing, it, it ceases to be... You st- you can't gain a competitive advantage if you're playing the same. Yes, I will say I do like that phrase, but it it is hmm, how do you explain it? It it is that way for a reason. Because so, sometimes you you think like yeah. okay, if everybody's doing this, then there's probably a specific reason for it. I I encourage and discourage that at the same time. I feel like okay, there's pros and there's cons. Like if you go against the grain. It either works phenomenally or you're in last place. Would you agree? Yeah, and my hand was forced a little bit with some of these picks because of the way the draft was panning out. And that's okay. That's part yes. of the fun of fantasy football. If you just go in there and you were given a team based on ADP, it wouldn't be fun. Uh, having to zig and zag is what it's about. I liken it to when um, a couple of years ago when the Patriots uh, won the Super Bowl, everyone was going to faster linebackers. So the Patriots started running the ball more and making teams take their nickel and dime defenses off because that had become standard so they could basically thump the ball up the middle 
was old school football. They were zigging when everyone else was zagging. And I think that's kind of what I like to do with fantasy football. You find value there. Unfortunately, it does mean sometimes your hand gets forced and you might have planned to wait on a quarterback and you have to reach on one because you're like, well, if I don't get one now, I might not get one. I found myself in that position with Scott Fishbowl last year and I ended up with um, Sam Darnold and a couple of others who were... It basically just tanked my team after a season. Yes, so that leads to a phenomenal talking point of a plan A, a plan B, and a plan C. And I highly recommend even going straight to a plan D sometimes because the guy you want, you want him for a reason. Chances are somebody else wants him for that same reason as well. So, I mean, you're going to get sniped at one point. You're going to get sniped again, or just the ADP value of where he's at means that player gets taken, and you're not going to be able to catch that guy that you're hoping falls. So if you're sit there, sitting there and assuming, you know, in a half-point PPR league that Christian McCaffrey is going to fall to the 1010, you know, keep dreaming. So you need a plan A and a plan B. How about a realistic plan A in, in, in that mind? You know, chances are someone like maybe Austin Eckler is going to be there, or... Nick Chubb and so on and so forth but plan A plan B and plan C I think that is one of the best things that you could do to really benefit yourself in the draft Uh, we'll we'll talk about draft strategies more as we go along Uh, but of course I do want to talk about your draft and because it is while we it does have a lot of external factors on why you would make a decision with the funky rules i do think it gives us a lot of talking point to sit there and break down exactly what type of picks you made and why you did it so sorry to, to kind of ramble on for a moment but i'll start it off real fast you took at 110 christian mccaffrey i know i kind of use that as an odd example that chances are you're not going to find him but of course with the odd rules and regulations of this league um tight ends quarterbacks and all that good stuff kind of get taken a little bit earlier so in a half point ppr no christian mccaffrey's probably not going to be there at the 110 but you were able to snag him there so why did you go christian mccaffrey and not like an elite tight end i had um so as the as you say the 110 eight quarterbacks had gone and the only other non-quarterback was just uh, justin taylor jonathan taylor and at that point you think you got to play value so ideally in my drafts, I want to come out with um, a nice early stack that you've got a quarterback, wide receiver, double hit those points. A stack I could have targeted here, I suppose, is, is Cooper Cup and Matthew Stafford, which I don't like. I think it's you're paying premium for both of those players where they probably don't deserve it. For me, if McCaffrey is fit and firing, he is still the number one running back in the league as far as I'm concerned he's going to have likely Baker Mayfield dumping off the ball to him a bunch uh, and so he was my pick I, as I say I'm not that interested in I liken the kind of the rush on quarterbacks and tight ends to I don't know if the same thing happened in California the early days of the pandemic when there was no yes. toilet paper anywhere because everyone was just getting toilet paper because they thought they weren't going to get any toilet paper and you can kind of draft that way a little bit where you get sucked into the runs. You want to start a run. You don't want to be at the end of run. At the end of the run. I would have been at the end of the run here. Uh, so for me, I would rather mm-hmm. take it away. I'm, I'm going to piggyback on that and say, I agree with that decision. Running backs such as Christian McCaffrey. I know he hasn't been healthy and now it is more risk than reward potentially to pick him in, of course, a standard league, a half point PPR league in the early rounds of the draft. 
or early picks of the first round, I should say. Uh, but man, I, I like Chris McCaffrey a lot. I think he's really good. If he's there, I'll take him. Now, yeah, no pick number two. Yep. You had Austin Eckler. Can't complain at that at all. I like Austin Eckler a lot. I think he's going to have another RB1 type season. I think it's pretty straightforward. Now, you can go wide receiver. I would imagine someone like Cooper Cup might be still on the board if everyone's taking quarterbacks. Uh, I believe so. I could go and I could go and actually look. Sorry, you're just good. A while you're doing it, I will stall the audience and say, hopefully you guys thought about that hypothetical and have a good answer. I will say I am. Uh, uh, I'm definitely not saying. Uh, I'm, I mean, I'm definitely not breaking up with her, and the house is going to get really loud. Um, <laughs> but on a more serious note, of course, you know, running backs are a dime at a dozen. You know, you either have them or you don't. You cannot function a fantasy team without running backs. You can, there's this, you know, the zero RB stuff. There's this, all this, you know, weight on RBs and all that. But when you put in your fantasy lineup and you go against your opponent and you have like two, three RB1s, you feel good. And your opponent, when he sees your lineup and he thinks, and he plays scared, he forces himself to make idiotic decisions because he has to chase the points that you have potentially already gotten because they're just that good at getting it if that makes sense hopefully that makes sense Shane. yeah that's kind of my theory with this team is you put out three elite running backs and then they have to make bad decisions i should have been smarter with the way i built this team because you can only, well you only have to start two running backs you can start more you do have to start three wide receivers, and I don't love my receivers here. I think I, I... Ideally, I would have taken receivers in the fourth and fifth round, but I didn't think that the quarterback... Yeah, I'm going to agree. So, spoiler alert, his fourth and fifth pick were quarterbacks, Matt Ryan and Trevor Lawrence. Matt Ryan, I could get away with. I could be like, okay, that's cool. He's good. He'll probably put up some fantasy points for you. Trevor Lawrence, I hate him for the burning passion. I think he's trash. Um fantasy yeah go ahead i was interested in lawrence because i was interested in lawrence because he runs and that is a weapon in fantasy football there's a new sheriff in town there with doug peterson i think they're going to try and get the ball out of his hands quickly you look at the guys they recruited in christian kirk and zay jones um they've got travis Etienne. i could see them chaining up a lot of passes for him letting him run a bit and keeping it in first gear he doesn't have to be a world beater, but I liked the upside compared to some mm-hmm. of the other guys. And I will talk there. about those wide receivers in a bit as I look down the draft. So you did mention this, and that definitely was something I thought about. You said you must start three wide receivers, and then you went the first five rounds without picking a wide receiver. Um, shoot. How would you play it differently, if you would play it differently? This is the tough one, is because I really yeah like I like him a lot too. Picks. That's I why I I can't sit here and criticize your first three picks because you know I'm a he- RB heavy person. I like my RBs, uh, but shoot, you have to start three wide receivers. Did, shoot, that, it's such an uncomfortable spot. Did you did you cover that I've got um, yes McCaffrey yes and I, these guys as, these guys are three. elite. These are RB ones. You have three RB ones potentially. You could see eighty catches yeah, at least. They are per yes, the, you know, yeah, you have RB ones and wide receiver twos in one position. I think that's phenomenal. Um, so, 
what I should have done in terms of wide receiver is really looked at who I was going to target in those mid rounds. I really, uh, I, I missed out on players. I, I could have been more savvy, and I think this shows the value of mock drafting of knowing where guys are going and just understanding what they're about. Um, my receivers, my wide receiver one is Hollywood Brown. Uh, he kind of fits my model for what I was looking here. I want lots of potentially big play points. Um, it's kind of the opposite to how I would normally build a team. I like to build around receivers and get my running backs to chip in. This is kind of the opposite to what I would normally I think you have a relatively standard uh, fantasy roster where you have nice RBs, maybe questionable wide receivers. As long as they kind of do something, then you're sitting pretty. Because when you have three RB1s, the rest of the team does not have to do bad. Or does not have to do good, I should say. They just don't have to do Mm. bad. If you do that, you win your week. And so I like it a lot. I don't mind it. I personally think it's good. Um, Marquise Brown, of course, has the benefit of Hopkins not playing. What is it, the first six games? So he's a wide receiver one for six weeks. And then after that, we'll see how it goes. Michael Thomas in the seventh pick. I like this one. This one, it could could pan out so well. This could be the steal of the draft. Yeah, the plan here was to get Thomas and then get the stack with Jameis Winston. Didn't quite pan out that way. But we know what he can do. I'm prepared to take Michael Thomas as my seventh pick. There we Hopefully go. Jared Goff as your third quarterback. I like it a lot. I I just don't think Jared Goff is that bad. That's my personal opinion. I just don't think he's that bad. I I think for this format, he's accurate. Um, he's not like he's not the world's most exciting quarterback, but he should hit that 66% completion rate more often than not. It's a good stack with DeAndre Swift. Uh, I do like my stacks. Um, and I think at that point... My other options. Yes, I agree there. Now, Alan Lazard, I like that pick a lot. It's pretty straightforward. Green Bay's got to throw it to somebody. And Alan Lazard, while he has stone hands, and sometimes I feel like Aaron Rodgers hates him with a burning passion, he should put up some fantasy points. In the ninth round, I feel like he could do a lot worse than that. Tenth round, Christian Kirk, Jacksonville. So you got a little bit of a stack there going on. Um, you know, yeah. Saxon, Saxonville and Saxonville and Jacksonville. Now, a lot of people are saying and throwing it out there that he got paid so much money. They are going to force feed him the football, which I would agree with if it wasn't Jacksonville because it's Jacksonville. Like, <laughs> I don't know what to expect. Yeah. Again, I think it's going to be, as you say, follow the money a little bit, but um, get the ball out of Lawrence's hands quickly. Kirk wasn't that bad last year in our famous unreleased episode. I think he won our award for just a player. Uh, oh, no, it was uh, Mr. Up and Down. Yeah. Cause he had uh-huh, some real uh-huh, boom-bust uh-huh. weeks. Hopefully, he's going to be the wide receiver one in this um, in this offense. And we'll see some some nice My work favorite from pick. him. Yeah, good. I think he can go 800 for it. eight. I can see it. I'll Tenth round, that. that's value. Now, in the 11th pick, my favorite one, congratulations. You put up my boy Justin Tucker. He is, you know, fun fact, even though I'm a Niners fan, I only own one NFL jersey, and it is Justin Tucker's. There you go, yeah. Uh, kickers are worth a lot of points in this, particularly good kickers. It's fractional scoring, 
So a 37-yard field goal is worth 3.7 points. Uh, Justin Tucker was um, averaged, I think, 11 points last year. He is my RB4 slash wide receiver four. I know a lot of people with disc kickers, and a lot of them are starting to phase them out of fantasy leagues. I see the logic, but I think kickers are so important. In NFL, actual NFL, I think kickers are incredibly important because if you have an elite one, then, of course, you know, he just might nail that 66-yarder for the game win. Um, of course, that's a different discussion for another time. I like the pick. Now, more, uh, I'm going to kind of move a little bit faster just for the sake of time. Marlon Mack, I like it. You know, upside, 12th round, what's the worst that could happen? James Robinson in the 13th round. Yep. Jacksonville. The only thing I will question is that I think we listed about three Jacksonville players. Yeah, I just realized I got four Jacksonville players. Um, I'm not especially happy with that. Got a lot of Detroit players, Carolina players. You know, you really want to target those elite offenses like <laughs> I have. Nice job. Cameron Bray, Tampa Bay. Kenny gone all day, Giants. I mean, it, these are screaming value right now. Curtis Samuel, Washington. Chubba Herbert. I like how you took the handcuff for Christian McCaffrey. Now you guaranteed yourself an RB1. I mean, right, the, the, these are all high upside. If Kenny gone all day, does semi-decent, then he's going to be well worth the 15th round pick. Curtis Samuel, well worth the 16th round pick. Chuba Herbert, I mean, you might not get too much value. He, he's one of the players that you hope just sits on your bench and never does anything useful because then you have Christian McCaffrey healthy. Uh, Geno Smith. Yep, Geno Smith. I, I'm, I'm not even mad at that. Uh, yeah, That could work out very well. Young. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, QB thirty six. If he, he's another guy. Like if you if you're in a bind and he's starting, he is a starting quarterback in the NFL. There's only thirty two of them. I like the math there. Young Huayku, Atlanta kicker. I like it. Double dipping in the kickers. They get fantasy points, and they're terrifying when they do. Johnu Smith, tight end. So there's your second tight end. Uh, I, I do like that one. Yep, it is a nice value pick in the twentieth pick. I think the Patriots are going to use – they always utilize their tight ends. He's good. And then, of course, Zay Jones, Jacksonville. That is the fourth Jacksonville member. I do question a little bit of your choices <laughs> of teams. If you're going to stack one, usually people stack elite offenses. Uh, yep, that was certainly the plan. But um, late in the draft, you're just looking for reasons to pick yeah. a player over another player. I don't love Zay Jones, but there is going to be a wide receiver one in that offense. It may as well... Well, it might there be him. There go. Last pick say. of the draft, Mr. Irrelevant. Damien Williams of Atlanta, another RB. So you have, as I look at it, seven RBs. I like it a lot. A nice yep. seven... Yep. Seven wide receivers as well. Okay. Okay. I respect it. A nice three, four quarterbacks, two tight ends, and two kickers, and a what did they got? Uh, shoot, I was I was trying to be slick and do the uh, the the Christmas Carol, the three turtle partridge in a pear tree. Yeah, I failed that. The idea was good, but execution um, was yeah. a little lacking. So, how do you feel about this team? As I say, I don't love it. Um, there's a it's just not the yes. way I like to play. And that is, I like to go heavy wide receiver and kind of plug in running backs, play the waiver wire. This is not really a waiver wire team. And that's not... I think I think this is a playoff team based on the strength of those running backs. 
if I can get value out of Lawrence, Michael Thomas, Christian Kirk, I think this would be a pretty yeah, hard thing to th- stop. This is a hard, it yeah. will be pretty inconsistent, though, outside those three running backs. Mm-hmm. As, as long as you get some sort of consistency in the wide receiver position and with those running backs play, like uh, unless they have Travis Kelsey who puts up 50 or Mandrews who puts up 70, I feel like something phenomenal or extraordinary has to happen for you to lose your week, especially if one of your wide receivers pans out. If they have just one, you know, Marquise Brown gets a 60-yard catch for a touchdown, that's it, game over, you won your week. Say good night. Uh, yep. I think it's pretty standard. I like it because, you know, it follows my philosophy of heavy RBs, but of course it doesn't follow my philosophy of I don't like super flex and I think it's an overrated format. So I probably wouldn't be going these quarterbacks early and then I would have slid some wide receivers underneath. But I mean, that's a discussion for another time, actually, in another five minutes because we have a mock draft to do. So. Of course, let's start laying out the groundwork for that mock draft. Right now, Sheehan, I believe you have the sixth pick in this draft. Yep, I'm picking six. It's PPR, um, 12 team, all players. Full point? A quarterback, two running backs. Full point PPR or half point? Okay, okay, I respect it. 12 teams, you go ahead. Uh quarterback two running backs three wide receivers tight end two flex all no right bench. yeah so so far we're going with nine nine picks you know bench we can discuss benches and value picks on a later episode actually let's, let's it's okay. now only one flex because it okay, makes sense for it to be eight. okay eight rounds because you i like it so we're going to try to break down our thought processes and what we're thinking about in the moment and of course you know what gets taken before us what we'd like what we don't like in the draft how we would change it and, of course, all our thought processes that go in between. I think this is a phenomenal way for you guys to get an understanding of what we're thinking. And then you guys could, of course, implement it into your fantasy draft. So Sheehan says he likes working the waiver. I don't like working the waiver. I think if I'm consistently looking, yeah, all about that I'm not about the waiver. I think that I'm egotistical to the point where I feel like I failed as a drafter, if I have to consistently look at the waiver wire, other than looking at like defenses and such, um, I really like drafting and I think that's my forte and I want to perfect the draft. So I, I usually end up doing hundreds of mocks. I'm still in the earlier stages because of course all the personal things that's happened, but uh, we're going to get the raw information that happens today. So of course, Sheen, whenever you're ready, let's hit the go button. Okay, so right now Jonathan Taylor off the board as the 101, McCaffrey, Derrick Henry, Justin Jefferson, fourth pick off the board, and then Austin Eckler at five. So Shane, you're on the clock right now. Looking at who's taken, who has been taken, are you surprised? I'm surprised okay, Jefferson's I'm a gone. Surprised as well. Uh, he's been uh, he's been at. My pick in the second round in every draft that I've every actual draft I've done so far. To be fair, this is not super flex, um, and all the other drafts I've done have been. So, I'm not. I don't know. I kind of like that he's the wide receiver one over Cook, uh, over Cup. Sorry. Um, I think well, he is better reckon? than. I think he will do better than Cup this year. Picking him at one hundred and four—that's that's that's 
that's that, that guy's got some cojones for it. Um, I would have definitely taken a running back. I know yeah. it's full point PPR, and people are going to be chasing those huge wide receiver numbers because they win you weeks. Yep. I mean, sorry, they win you weeks automatically. You know, Cooper Cup, I've thrown the statistic around before. If you take away his touchdowns, he's still averaged in a full point PPR 21 fantasy points per game. That's ridiculous. And I think Justin Jefferson has the ability to reach that type of level. So I I tend to agree. I would normally go running back here. I've gone running back in the first round of all of my drafts. I'm going to zig to wide receiver. I'm going to take Cooper Cup. I think this is overpriced for him. I think it's overvalued. I wouldn't be taking him this high normally. I want to see how it plays out. And it is full point. I I feel like you can't criticize anybody for going wide receiver early anymore, especially in full point PPR. Now, after Cooper Cup got taken, Dalvin Cook at the 7th, Jamar Chase at 8, Najee Harris at 9, Stefan Diggs 10, Joe Mixon 11. So I'm on the clock right now, and I am looking at what is currently available. So I see Devontae Adams, Travis Kelsey, DeAndre Swift, Nick Chubb. Those Those are my options right now. I mean, if if I go all the way down to Tyreek Hill, no, I'm not taking that. Alvin Kamara, sorry, not taking that. Nick Chubb, uh, I don't know. But Devontae on a new team, it's hard to justify it. Would you agree? It is. And, you know, I think Derek Carr is a very good quarterback. What Derek Carr is, it's Aaron Rodgers. That is correct. So to sit there and say, oh, he's going to force feed Devontae Adams, Statistically impossible, considering Derek Carr always, 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 always supports two wide receivers or two pass catchers, I should say. And last year it was, uh, what's his face, tight end. Sorry, his name completely. Yeah, Darren Waller. Waller. And then, of course, uh, Hunter Renfro, a majority of the season. And, of course, the running back, Josh Jacobs. So it's going to be Devontae Adams, Darren Waller, and then, of course, there's still Runfro, and then, of course, the running of the ball. I just don't see it with Devontae Adams this year. I think he's a phenomenal NFL threat. That offense is going to be elite. Just fantasy-wise, it might be difficult for him to put up the Green Bay type of production. So I am going to skip him for now. Chances are I'm not going to get him because, I mean, he is uh, that high up on the ADP list. I'm looking at Travis Kelsey right now, DeAndre Swift, and Nick Chubb. So I have the option of going DeAndre Swift or Nick Chubb if I want to double up on RBs and then not have to worry about it for a handful of rounds. Or I could take DeAndre Swift and Travis Kelsey and then not worry about tight end and then still have an RB1. What would you like? I double tap running back. I'm going to have to agree with you. I would like to double tap the running back. And now I feel like I really don't have to worry about running back for a very long time or for a handful of rounds, depending on, of course, what happens here. So Devontae Adams got taken right after, followed by Travis Kelsey, and then Mandrews Cohen right after Kelsey. So right now, Sheehan's on the board, and before that, Tyreek Hill and Alvin Kamara got taken, which is relatively standard so far. You're on the clock. Run us through I don't really like any you're of the in options a, here. Um, I could have yes, a CD. if I could say, sorry to interrupt you, you're in a what I would call an awkward situation. Yep, because you're either reaching exactly. on guys you don't really like, someone like Saqu- Saquon Barkley, Aaron Jones, Javante Williams, Leonard Fournette as my RB uh, as my RB one. Do you feel forced? Sorry, go ahead. 
in retrospect, in retrospect, I might have gone Stefan Diggs and stacked him with Josh Allen here. It's one quarterback, which I don't love. Um, but I, I will. I'm going to take CD and just load up on wide so receiver. So did you? Early. So you took CD Lamb. If you could pause the draft for just a half a second, mm-hmm. there's a lot going on on the screen. Yep. Yeah, there should be a pause button. I think there's a pause button. I believe there's a pause button. There we go. Nice job. So, do you did you feel forced to take a running back? I mean, you didn't. And CD Lamb, you didn't take him, but you know, just no, as a I, thought process, I, did you feel like you needed to take one? I didn't feel forced because there's still plenty of options. It's only uh, it's only one QB. Um, like there, there are there are plenty of options coming up that I am happy to have as my RB one two, but I'm not drafting them in that position. Like you don't need an RB one to be your RB one to walk out of the draft. That you don't need to fill all your spots on your roster before you start filling your bench. Like you may as well, um, you you take the best players available is how you do it, because otherwise you just you're doing yourself mm-hmm. a disservice. So you're, you're rocking currently two wide receiver ones, Cooper Cup, C.D. Lamb. Now, so you're playing A. This is what you went for. And now you're kind of thinking to yourself, okay, I need a running back. Who are you looking at now? Like, who are you hoping that realistically falls to you? Uh, okay. Cam Akers would be, would be one. Um... You've got Brees Hall. You've got your mate Antonio Gibson. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, Josh Jacobs, J.K. Dobbins don't really the like Zeke either of is those. available. Are you taking him? Uh, yeah, to be honest, yes. If he if he'd slipped one more pick, I would have taken him. Um, Clive, uh, Clyde Edwards, Alaire, Damian Harris, David Montgomery, Ken Walker. Like it, it's, uh, yeah, James David Connor? Montgomery. He's fine. Actually, he's probably going to be uh, Connor. Not so much. I think um, his value last year was all to do with touchdowns, and the fact you could get him in the middle rounds. You can't get him in the middle rounds this year. Hmm. Montgomery is interesting. interesting. So, of course, before you paused, a handful of picks went by. After your CD Lamb pick, Debo, Saquon, Josh Allen went off the board. So he's the first quarterback off the board. It's very interesting. I know we're going to spend a lot of time talking about quarterbacks because I know that I used to be a huge proponent of never take a quarterback early. Now I've definitely softened that stance a little bit to the point where I might encourage you taking a quarterback early. Uh, You know, when you're on the receiving side of having a running back as a quarterback and then he's still throwing touchdown passes, you know, in the earlier in the draft during your Scott Fishbowl look over, you know, I said you have RB1s and wide receiver twos in one position. And for quarterbacks, you can have a quarterback mm. and a running back in one position. You're double dipping. It just puts you in a higher ceiling and a higher floor. You don't usually get that opportunity. You have a higher ceiling because, of course, they could just run the ball and then throw touchdowns and then, you know, receiving yards and all that good stuff. And then, of course, even if it's on a bad day, he still has rushing yards to really elevate his fantasy stat line so he 
you usually have to go high risk or high reward. But when you have a rushing quarterback, you become high risk, high floor as well. I, I mean, not sorry, high risk, high ceiling, high floor. And I kind of recommend having that in the early yep. rounds. Yep. I don't, I, I really agree with that logic. Um, I think the second round is probably a little bit early. I mean, would you, maybe you would, you would like a team that starts with Derek Henry, Josh Allen, mm-hmm. Leonard Fournette. Mm-hmm. All right. So I think Leonard Fournette's okay. a bad pick there, but that's just my personal opinion. Before okay. we move on to these other picks, where are you at in Debo Samuel this year? I talked about Cup being overvalued. I kind of think he is too. Yeah. It's it's difficult to gauge Debo. And right now I am very well telling everybody that will listen to avoid Debo Samuel, not because of the talent or the potential of him regressing, but the uncertainty of what's going on with him. We don't know. I, I, I can't yeah. tell you he's playing. I don't know. I can't tell you if he's going to be on the Niners. I don't know. And, you know, say you draft him in the second round, even in the third round. And then he goes to the Browns or the Jaguars or the Lions or some other, you know, non-efficient offense. Then you wasted your pick. Say he's on the Niners. And, of course, with the loss of their offensive coordinator going to Miami Dolphins, it's no coincidence that the first year he's the coordinator becomes the first year Debo Samuel is an all pro and he's gone. It's hard to say that Debo can replicate that year. If you're going to ask me between Debo Samuel having a consistent year and Cooper Cup having a consistent year to compare to last year, I'm going to say Cooper Cup. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, so, Great. I mean, of course, after that, you know, like we mentioned, Saquon, Josh Allen, Williams here. Okay. How do you feel about Javante Williams going this early? 211? Uh, I don't love it. You still got Melvin Gordon there. We don't know how that backfield's going to shake out. You've got Russell Wilson, who's going to be probably throwing the ball more than they have, or throwing the ball more successfully yeah. than they have in the past. Um, I like Javante Williams. I think this is this is a reach. My issue with Javante Williams is the people who drive his narratives, and I've listened to people talking him up out of college. And people telling he's going to take over the backfield, and now people telling me that he's a, a second round fantasy pick. I don't believe it. Like the guy, don't Russell like Wilson fans. is allergic to throwing to running backs and checking down. I know he doesn't have Metcalf anymore. Mm-hmm. I still don't think he checks down, and because of that, I, yeah. well, he's still got still got Cortland Sutton, still got Jerry Judy. Yeah, he, he's, he's not checking Patrick. down. Like he, you know, it's like yeah. he goes by the life motto of you know life is too short to check down and he fully utilizes that phrase and refuses to check down him and uh, aaron Rodgers, looking at aaron jones specifically uh, i i don't i don't like him as a second mm-hmm. pick i know running backs are a lot thinner now and sometimes you might feel like you're forced to take a running back at this point but i mean uh hypothetically you know he took javante williams i mean his first round pick was christian mccaffrey he could have picked someone like you know keenan allen patrick mahomes in that vicinity and still felt like he didn't reach for a pick and then especially because he's still the second pick in the in the draft the pick would have gotten right back to him two picks later and then he could have taken javante williams hypothetically or aj brown i should say Hmm. in that spot um i know that's a lot of information thrown in a very short time 
uh, hopefully everybody's able to soak it in and, <laughs> you know, soak in these hypotheticals of everything going on. Uh, I, I know it's hard to perfectly describe everything when it's happening, uh, you know, visually like a draft is compared to how we're talking it out on our voice. So we're trying to we're trying to help everybody out by making it as detailed as possible. Um, so Aaron, Aaron Jones went after that. Uh, A.J. Brown and Aaron Jones, sorry, starting into the third round. Kyle Pitts, Fournette, Mike Evans, Elliott. And now you are on the board. So, I mean, you're whenever you're ready to unpause and then continue, I think, unless you have any closing thoughts. No, I think um, I think you've summed it up here. I, my argument here, like you... Well, I'm looking at a running back here. Are you forced to take a running back? About my tr- I'm not forced to take one, but... No, I'm not forced to take one, but there's not that kind of middle band of them that there were last year in those mid rounds to allow you to take the continue to take the wide receivers or other positions early. In saying that, I don't really like any of the wide receivers who are like, available here. Like for example, right now if I section off the wide receiver tab, you know, you have Keenan Allen, T. Higgins, Deontay Johnson, Terry McLaurin, DK Metcalf, Jalen Waldo, Michael Pittman. In the third round, I wouldn't draft any of these. Maybe maybe Keenan Allen. Yeah. Exactly. So for me, my options are David Montgomery, Cam Akers, maybe Lamar Jackson. I'm going to go Montgomery because their offense has to flow through him. You know what? I don't mind that pick at all. You know, weaker wide receivers equals stronger running backs. And right now, David Montgomery, you took him right after that. T. Higgins, Keenan Allen on the off the board. Patrick Mahomes, Cannon Akers, just like you mentioned, and James Conner. Now, Team 8 drafted three wide receivers in a row. Jamar Chase, Tyreek Hill, and Keenan Allen. I will say that does sound kind of scary. I mean, you've got Chase, who has one year of production. We don't know how Burrow's going to bounce back. Tyreek Hill in a new offense. Keenan Allen, who is the wrong side of 30 three players i really like but i can make an argument against all there of those we go. all right so my pick just to remind everybody my first two is deandre swift and nick chubb and of course since i am the last pick i am fortunate enough to have two back to back so right now i kind of want lamar jackson i kind of want lamar jackson he looks good and I kind of, I mean, of course, I have two picks in a row. So, I mean, I can have the ability to pick whoever I kind of want right now. I need a wide receiver. And, I and man, Lamar Jackson looks so good right now. I want him on my roster. With Nick Chubb and DeAndre Swift, that looks kind of scary. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Thank you for the, the positive feedback. So, right now, uh, in the wide Yeah, so... Yeah, I, I agree with that <laughs> thank logic. You, thank Is you. that what you're after? My, my uh, <laughs> words of affirmation right there. So I do also want a wide receiver. I know you're kind of more on the best player available type of approach. I kind of need I, – I like filling my empty roster spots before I kind of end up doing that. And I feel like I need a wide receiver that I can comfortably start every single week and not have any doubt. Deontay Johnson is that wide receiver. I'm putting him in. Um, I wouldn't mind Terry McLaurin either because yep. he probably has a more consistent quarterback. Hmm. I don't you know, know about, about Terry, Terry? McLaurin. Huh. I don't know about Terry. 
I mean, I have my I have my thoughts okay. on who you should pick here. Can I get um, a hint? Well, if you want a if you want a wide receiver, I'm going Michael Pittman. I looked at him. Well, I don't know. I'm not. Hmm. It's hard. It's hard. Like you feel like yeah, exactly. Matt Ryan with protection. He's kind of the only sheriff in town. I see it. I understand it. And I also see Darren Waller. Yeah. I mean, the the issue with Waller is we don't know whether he's going to be the one or two in that offense. We talked about um, Adams not being with Rodgers anymore. I think Adams catches a lot of touchdowns, which dampens Waller's Mm -hmm. value to me. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. So I also have to, like I mentioned, I mentioned... I'm the last pick of the draft. There is a lot of picks until it comes on to me. So I have to sit here and realize if I, the people I don't pick and pass up on, they're going to be gone by the time they come back to me. Like Lamar Jackson, he's gone by the time he comes back to me. Um, yep. Terry McLaurin is gone by the time he comes back to me. Michael Pittman, he's probably gone by the time he comes back to me too. DJ Moore, Jerry Judy, Amari Cooper, like Sutton, they're all going to be gone by the time they come back to me. Uh, George Kittle, Darren Waller, maybe even TJ Hawkinson. That one might be a little bit of a stretch. They might be gone by the time they come back to me. So, like, I, at this point, I don't mind reaching to get the guy I want. The question is, is who do yeah. I want more? Which is Lamar Jackson or Michael Pittman? I like Lamar Jackson more. I've decided. I'm taking Lamar Jackson. I knew, yeah, I, I knew you know what? I decided, you know what? I'll get a running back and a quarterback. So, go ahead. So, I was going to say, I, I'm now come on, I've come on the clock here. And I can either get my third wide receiver, my second running back, or a quarterback. I am going to go Michael Pittman here. I'm interested in DJ Moore with Baker. Uh, I think Baker's a good quarterback. I think he's an underrated mm-hmm. quarterback. In fact, uh, I'm I am going to go. I'm going to go Michael Pittman. I believe in Michael Pittman. Okay, I agree with that one. I like that pick as well. And I and I like him more than I like um, Waddle, Metcalf, McLaurin, who are the names above him. All right, so let's see. Josh Jacobs, J- uh, Josh Herbert was taken a little bit before that. Antonio Gibson. Brees Hall, George Kittle, and then, of course, your Michael Pittman, Darren Waller, McLaurin, J.K. Dobbins, which is an interesting one. I know he just got into a little Twitter spat saying that he's going to be healthy. That gives me reassurance. I don't mind that pick at all. D.K. Metcalf, D.J. Moore, that's all yep. she wrote in the fourth round. Uh, it's solid so far. There's nobody that I really sit here and say, like, oh, yeah, that's a terrible pick. Oh, that's garbage. Other than maybe, like, Debo Samuel. I'm not in mm-hmm. Javante Williams. There's there's nobody really that makes you say, oh, you should completely avoid him. He's trash. Yeah. I I don't mind it. I don't mind the draft so far. I feel like this is a tough year to like your roster. Yeah. It's... I feel like we're in an awkward situation where I feel like everybody is in a spot where they either have elite talent and then in the middle the middle three fourth rounds they're uncomfortable talents like i feel like you know like cam Akers question mark james connor question mark david montgomery t higgins Fournette, 
question marks. I even put Kyle Pitts as a question mark. But they're you know they're getting drafted so highly because I feel like there's just nobody better. Mm. Yeah, it's an it's a transition year, I think, as we see some of the older names kind of drop off. Um, those guys who were superstars as rookies come to the end of that deal and either find new homes. Uh, and we haven't seen um, what the, I guess, that next band of people can be. Guys like McLaurin, um, Judy, uh, Cortland Sutton. We haven't seen their full potential yet. So you're kind of buying low on their ability, but also kind of not. I think people with like McLaurin, they got burned last year. And they are mm. uncomfortable drafting him. But they also think to themselves, okay, what's better right now available at this spot? And there isn't much. Yep. Yeah, I think that's uh, I think that's fair. Mm-hmm. I'm mm-hmm. on the clock mm-hmm. now. And to, to I'll let you kind of go around the four, fifth round and then discuss your pick. I... I'm going to take another running back here, I think. There's a couple of names I like. But given the, the limited roster we're working with here, I'm going to say it's... Oh. I'm going to get Travis Etienne because James Robinson's coming off an injury. Travis Etienne also coming off an injury. Uh, Dump-off passes from Baker Mayfield. Um... He was an, an earlier pick. In fact, this might have been where he was going last year. I think he's going to be a fun player to watch. And I want fun players on my team. I'd rather root for a fun player than sort of cheer on 3.6 yards a carry. Never Miles disrespect them. So it's Travis Etienne. Speaking of, where is Miles Sanders? Uh, 66 ADP. Lower. Wow, late fifth or early sixth. Okay. Um, alrighty, so you took Travis Etienne. I don't mind that at all. Elijah Mitchell. I like that pick. Actually, that's a sneaky pick. I think it's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, I mean, if he can stay fit. Trey Sermon. I think he gets cut after this year. Like, the way he played, he deserves to get cut. Uh, I, I, I think agree. Elijah Mitchell is sneaky. Late fifth? Oh God! You know what? I wish I thought of that. That's that's a great pick for me. I think he's going to be one of those nice mid-round gems. Not a steal. It's still the fifth round. It's a gem at this mm-hmm. point. I like it a lot. T.J. Hawkinson after that. Allen Robinson. He 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 deserves to be discussed around a lot because I know there's a huge discussion, especially on Twitter. I think it was a big debate: Allen Robinson or Gabriel Davis. Um, I know everybody should know that I really like Gabriel Davis, but I would still take Allen Robinson. I think I think I'd take Davis, but I also think he's massively overhyped. I just don't really like Allen Robinson. The pro- the problem is is historically the Rams always support two wide receivers. In fact, they've supported three wide receiver ones at one point. You know, it was Woods, Cup. And then, um, sorry, his name is eluding me again. He's on the Texans now. Brandon Cooks. There we go. Sorry. So they have supported three wide receiver ones at one point. They could very well support Allen Robinson. 
I think he will get supported. I think he mathematically is forced to be supported. I, I just feel like he's in a situation where how does he not succeed? You like, like please just put me in, coach. At that point, maybe maybe I could catch a ball, fall forward, pick up three fantasy points, and then I'll get injured after that. But hey, it's better than that, right? Uh, yeah. Oh God. Yeah, for sure. So I mean, I, I'm taking Allen Robinson. I don't mind that pick at all. I like it a lot. Joey Burrow after that, Mike Williams, he's the guy that I will say, please do not pick him. I just, I don't know. Maybe there's something about him that I dislike or his inconsistency that I strongly dislike, but I really don't like him. Yeah, I I agree. I really liked Mike Williams' late-round pick last year. I think you're drafting him at peak now, and I don't think that's good business. He said drafting Cooper Cup in the first round. I agree. (laughs) <laughs> I think that is funny right there. Okay, so I'm on the clock, and I have one wide receiver, two running backs, and a quarterback, Lamar Jackson. I feel like at this point I'm forced to take a wide receiver. And I see Marquise Brown, I see Michael Thomas, and I see Brandon Cooks. And I just hyped up Brandon Cooks, and I like him a lot. I also see him on the same Brown. I like him a lot. And I see Marquise Brown. I like him a lot. What's your opinion, Mr. Sheehan? Hmm. Mm-hmm. Who I'll would I see. take here? Well, I think Brandon Cooks is probably the, the yes, most he's reliable option. And if you're swinging for the fences with your running backs and building a team around running backs, I think he's a good pairing with Deontay Johnson. The problem is Nick Chubb is also safe a fairly well. safe pick. I would want someone with a bit of ceiling, um, which is why I would say Hollywood Brown. So let me let me ask you this. Time again, do you take Elijah Mitchell with the 4-1 and double tap Hollywood Brown Kyler Murray here? Hmm... Interesting, interesting. No, I would still take Lamar Jackson because Lamar Jackson has put up the same amount of yards as Elijah Mitchell, and he's still a quarterback. Mm-hmm. Fair. Um, how do you feel about uh, Clyde? That's interesting, Clyde. Let's see. Let's take let's take a peek at Clyde. You know, I don't even see him on my running back list. Oh, there he is. ADP sixty two round. Interesting. I like that pick a lot. Do I need a running back? I feel like my need of wide receiver trumps my need of running back. But at this point, if I skip out on running back, I'm not getting a good one anymore. That's it. Like I can, I could probably snatch up a wide receiver to fill a role. I'm not filling up a running back role anymore, and that's going in my flex spot. So now I have three wide, three running back ones. Not one. Sorry, Clyde Edwards is not a running back one. But I got three comfortable running backs to put in my uh, on the roster. Does that make sense? Yeah, Edward Delay yes, should have agreed there. So now I now I I really need a wide receiver. That's it. There's no way I could go about it. I need a wide receiver. Um and my options are let's see. Not very good. Michael Thomas, Chris Olave. Wow, a rookie this high. Chase Claypool, Michael Gallup, Marquise Van Man, I feel like looking at it earlier. Where'd Cooper Cup go? Oh shoot! I had the I had the name filter on. My bad. Whoopsie. 
Yeah, I mean, Cooper Cup yeah, sorry, went in sorry. the first round. Yeah, the name filter on. Um, so Marquise Brown and Brandon Cooks. I'm taking Brandon Cooks. Yep. Adam I don't Thielen. mind a little. Marquise Brown went right after me, then Adam Thielen, Michael Thomas, Amon Ross St. Brown, Juju Smith-Schuster, a huge string of wide receivers. They started the run, and now you are up on the board. So we're at 6-7. So I've got three picks left. I need a quarterback, I need a tight end, and I need a flex. Um, for me, this is probably... I'm going to take a quarterback here, and I'm going to reach on Dak Prescott okay. to stack I can't, him. I can't say no to that pick at all. Dak Prescott, I mean, of course, they had the number one offense last year. Having that quarterback for that offense... Uh, you, you can't really deny that pick at all. After that, A.J. Dillon, Deontay Harris. Sorry, did I say his name right? Damian Harris, sorry. Damian, Damian Harris. Darnell Mooney, Jalen Hurts, Miles Sanders. There he is. Kyler Murray. Interesting that he's fallen this far in the seventh round. Interesting. You know, I was kind of looking at him a lot earlier. I think if he has his ADP this high, maybe you should have taken him over Dak Prescott. In a vacuum, yes. I took yes, Prescott because yeah. I wanted to stack. I agree with that logic there. The stack trumps individual talent, in my opinion. Unless there's a significant difference. Yes. Yep. I do really like Kyler, uh, Kyler but I think Kyler and, and Dak. Are there we go. All right. And then Rashad Bateman right after that to Kyler Murray batted off the seventh round. And then Bateman... Hopkins, who, of course, they are drafting knowing he's going to be gone for the first six games. Goddard, Drake London. Ooh, is that the first rookie off the board? Brees Hall? No, okay, it's a Brees running back. Hall he doesn't count. He doesn't count. He's a running back. Fourth. Um, so, I again, I need a flex or I need a tight end. I am going to take a flex. Um, I'm interested in Brandon Ayuk. I'm not going to pick him here. Interested in Robert Woods. I'm not going to pick him here. Mm -hmm. Who I mm -hmm. am going to pick is... My, my choices here are either Kareem Hunt, who I quite like but is basically a handcuff. Devonta Smith. And we don't know how that situation is going to shake out in Philly with a run-first quarterback and a premium wide receiver. I'm going to take one of my favorite players out of college, and that is Ken Walker. A, I like the cool fact name. his name is Ken Walker. Uh, I like the fact that he rolls with Ken. You don't meet a lot of Kens these days. Um, I really liked what he did as a college player. I think he's got a lot of upside as a receiver. Uh, he's got a nice little bit of wiggle, as they say. Seattle run first offense. So give me, give me Ken can there we run go. And then Devontae Smith after that. Russell Wilson off the board. Gabriel Davis. I was really hoping he would fall to me in the 7-9 pick. And then we got Chris Olave. Cool name there. Uh, hopefully I said it right. <laughs> From Saints wide receiver. Dal Dalton like Schultz, tight end. And then, of course, I am now on the clock for the 7th 7.12 pick. So... Let's see. I still technically need another wide receiver since this is a three wide receiver league. I'm looking at Elijah Moore. Go ahead. He, now, he, he didn't yeah. slip to you. I would have taken him. Heartbeat. He, who, who, Gabriel Davis, who, you mean? Who's that? 
Oh, Rashad Bateman? No, oh, Rashad yeah. Bateman. Oh, man. I would have swooped on that so fast in a... No, I, I lied. I would have skipped him. He could have been the last pick of the draft. Like, 15-15, I would have, I would have skipped Rashad Bateman. <laughs> Um, okay. Let me let me ask you another question here. Then, would you not take Lamar Jackson and have your pick of Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, um, another quarterback, Matthew Stafford? Here? the The problem is, is it's not Lamar Jackson; it's everybody else around him. You know, the the, the yeah. picks around Lamar Jackson is James Conner. Uh, not really. Justin Herbert, eh. Josh Jacobs, eh. Antonio Gibson, no. Brees Hall, like, like, are they really better than Lamar Jackson? Fantasy wise, no. In my opinion, no. I don't. I don't think they are. But it just shows the value of waiting yes, on quarterback. There is value, but at the same time, like Aaron Rodgers, no Devonte Adams. So how? Productive, can I mean, it's still Aaron Rodgers, but you don't have Devontae Adams and Tom yeah. Brady. I don't know. I'm not sure. I, right now, I feel like if you don't have a running quarterback, you're playing at a disadvantage. And yep, you know, when you have Lamar Jackson, who has the potential to set the rushing yards for a quarterback record, and then when he's gone, I feel like a fourth of the year to maybe even more of that, he still put up over 800 rushing yards. It's hard. Yeah, he's he's a very he's good, good player. fantasy player. How about that? I'm not gonna give him the good player part. I'll give him the good yes. fantasy player. Um. I just feel like I'm playing on a cheat code when you have a running quarterback. I feel like if you don't have one. Get one. Okay. Let me be devil's advocate here and say once upon a time it was like playing on a cheat code. Now there's more of them, less so. Yes, but then you when you go against a person streaming quarterbacks or someone with Aaron Rodgers or Devon, or sorry, Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady, you have the edge. You have yeah. like Fournette, yeah, Lamar Jackson. Which one would you rather have? Yep. Yeah, Lamar Jackson. Yes, and, but right now Fournette's Fournette. ADP is currently, you know, late third or mid-third round. It's interesting. It's interesting. It's interesting, the ghosts. We don't really have a uh, sound drops on this show. But there if we go. did, I would want that. You know, we, we need sound drops. I feel like that's a, a high priority of stuff we need. Well, I know you listen to my other less successful podcast, Screencast. That's full of sound drops. Sound drops, I think. So sound drops are iffy. Like they either work phenomenally or they're incredibly cringy and annoying. Uh, We're probably in the latter category, but I find that's all that matters. As long as you enjoy them. So I'm still technically short a wide receiver, so I have to take a wide receiver. And of course, you know this is an eight-round draft. Only two picks left. One of them, of course, has to be a wide receiver. I'm taking my boy Elijah Moore. I like him a lot. That's just my guy right there. And then, of course, last pick, I still haven't taken a tight end either. And I see Zach Ertz and I see Dawson Knox. I like them both. Mike Gusecki's there. He had a little bit of an off tail to the year. I'm taking Dawson Knox. And congratulations, that is my team. 
So moving, nice. go ahead. I was hoping more would slip. Uh, I really like Elijah Moore. I oh, like him I don't know more about that. than you. Okay. I mean, I like the pun on words, but I doubt that. Um, I mean, I comped him before his draft too. Remember, I, I don't know if you remember. I think one time I had a huge argument. I said I would rather take Elijah Moore over like Jalen Waddle or uh, Rashad Bateman. I think that put a lot of frenzy around people. I'm not. Um, I'm not having you like we can both be on Elijah Moore corner, but I'm not having you say that you're oh, okay. more into him than I am because that's just un. It's untrue. He, you know what? He might be our play to watch this year. But I'm go. glad. I'm him glad and Gabriel Davis. Those are the two guys a, that I just need f- to succeed. Now yes. I need a tight end here. Zach Ertz is interesting. Yes, I feel like he is. Uh, Albert Aku. Albert Akui uh-huh. Boonham is interesting. True, uh, the true, MILF true. Hunter is interesting. That Hunter. So actually, I'm going to pause the draft. We haven't talked about it. Speaking of MILF Hunters, Garrett Wilson. Okay, uh, Garrett okay, Wilson. okay. Zach okay. Respect to my... Respect, all-time high. Like, I, I already liked him a lot. I just like him that much more now. Mm-hmm. True, true. To be, I'll be honest, I don't really know the point. Of, I, I don't really know what happened. I just know... There's a milf joke in in uh in his world now. I don't exactly know what happened. So the the story is that his okay. girlfriend broke up with him and started dating very shortly after his college roommate and uh Washington football team, whatever they're called these days, okay. wide receiver Dax Milne. And then went on the old social media as all uh-huh. the kids do these days. And said that uh, she broke up with him because he was banging his mum's best friend. What a pimp! So he he's in college, huh? Uh, Zach Wilson. Well, yes, no, he's I mean an at NFL the time. Quarterback. No, no, I think this is now. Just recently, so so he's been banging his mom's, her mom, her mom in the past month. No, it's his mum. It's his own mum's best friend. It's like these videos <laughs> oh, okay. you watch online. <laughs> Wait, so his so Zach? I think his uh, his mum's friend was okay, stuck in the okay, washing okay. machine, and um, after a couple of in- incompletions, apparently Zach Wilson nice, finally nice. got in there. So hold on, it's Zach Wilson's own mom's best friend. Okay, so that's yes, a little terrifying because that might mean. That he was being groomed as a child. Uh, yep. No, you've certainly uh, taken it <laughs> in a different direction than I thought you would. It's the, uh, see, n- n- now there's like circumstances. Like, okay, like, what, what was. Like, how, how when did this start? Uh, let, let me Google it for you. Zach Wilson, friend. Because I mean, like, Zach Wilson's mum or something. Because ch- uh, chances are they weren't best friends just recently when he joined the NFL. Like he he was probably underage when they were best friends. Who, who like, do you so mean? So Zach Wil- Zach Wilson was probably underage at the time. His mom and that lady were best friends. Therefore, she probably had potentially the setup or groomed him a little bit or. 
Basically, she's a pedophile. That's basically where I'm getting at. So, yeah, I mean, I, I got where you were going here. It says, Zach Wilson's mum, Lisa, begged internet sleuths to stop calling her hot, f- calling her hot friends after photos of said oh. hot friends surfaced. Um, yeah, this is the sort of... Yeah, but uh, apparently his ex-girlfriend, Abby, Abby Guile, uh, is... Um, yeah, anyway. Good, Interesting. Good fun. Um, let me, I'll, I'll show you what we're looking at here. This is how we get cancelled. <laughs> what are you talking about? I did the responsible thing and called it out. You did. So this is, this That's is the, girlfriend. The, the girlfriend who, who was dating Dak, Zach Wilson, okay, now okay. dating Dax Milne. Getting, okay. getting around BYU. And this is Zach Wilson's mum and her friends. And for those of you who can't see, there's a 45 or so women who are probably 45 or so. So it doesn't especially narrow it down. All very much uh, the same sort of white shirt, uh, jeans, dyed blonde hair look to them. Um, I imagine they're a big fan of like your Carrie Underwoods. Um, In fact, she might be the sort of person you want to be picturing in your mind. Uh, when you're thinking the people we're talking about here, possibly a lot called Ashley, possibly a lot of their kids called Ashley or Jenna Lynn Callie. or something like that. Um, Callie, yep, for so, sure. So, um, I think we, I think we all know these. So which which one is sites. it? Is it every single? It's not every single one. I wonder if um, he uh, he lived lived and laughed him as okay. well as loving. So is there a specific one? Which one out of this? <laughs> I don't know. Um, could be could be any number of these these people. Interesting. Could be all of them. He could be um, laying pipe well, like this. Uh, you know what? That explains his resurgence in the second half of the year. Let's go. All right. So as as long as there's no grooming or pedophilia involved, nice job, Zach. Wilson. Yep, and I think it's uh, worth noting that um, BYU are the Cougars. Fair enough. Nice job. Hey. Cool. Anyway, I need to pay me this, this last pick. Of hey, my you know, I learned something new. It was very entertaining, very interesting. I like it. Um, I am going to pick. Uh, so you need a tight end. <laughs> I mean, I, I do. unlike Zach Wilson's unlike, mom's girlfriend, unlike Zach Wilson, who, who best friend. Who who perhaps was, you know what? Cut that out. <laughs> That's an unpleasant joke. So my options here for tight end oh. are Zach Ertz, um, oh. Albert Akui Burnham, uh, uh, Irv Smith. No, I don't think so. Uh. Cameron Bright, okay. Logan Thomas, <laughs> Mo <laughs> Allen Cox. I'm going to take Austin Hooper because I think he's going to be the the number one receiver in Tennessee. We've seen what he does with volume before. He got himself paid. Someone's going to have to catch the balls there. He's going to be on the field. A I'm lot. surprised. I'm going to take Austin Hooper. It's a bit of a reach. Where, but where, you know where's what? the yeah. rookie wide receiver for the the Titans? I didn't see him get drafted. I feel like he should have gotten drafted somewhere here. Traylon Burks. He went at the eight eleven. There's been a lot of a lot of chitter chatter 
that um, instead of gorging, gorging himself on his mum's friends, he's been gorging himself on fast food and is um, struggling. You to know get what? Up to I respect it because fast food is very tasty. Have you tried? Have you tried Popeye's? Yeah. Have I tried fast food? Um, I mean, yes, I'm a, I'm a big fat bloke. So yeah, I've, I've tried fast food many times. I've never tried Popeye's. I had that for lunch today. Um, the first one in the UK is the first one in the UK. I, I had that show. for lunch just today. It was the spicy chicken sandwich and no pickles, by the way, everybody, if you like pickles, that sucks for you. It's very tasty. Next time we we do this, I will have had Popeyes. Mm-hmm. I will go out of my way to get it. I say go out of my way. It is actually at my place of work. Um, so I don't even need to go out of my way. Uh, but we will go there. So uh-huh. run through your team and uh, tell me on a scale of 1 to... Well, I'll tell you what, 1 to 10, how confident you are. 1 to 10, how scared you are. Okay, so let's see. Let's start it off real fast. DeAndre Swift. Solid pick at the end of the draft. I feel like, you know, there isn't a running back that's going to have a higher ceiling than him at that section of the draft. Nick Chubb, a little bit of a safety on the running back position. He's going to get some carries, going to get some touches. He's got a safe floor, maybe not the highest of ceilings. Deontay Johnson, safe wide receiver. I feel like, you know, with the solid running back duo tandem that I have, I just need some consistency in the wide receiver position. I know he's going to get those targets. He's going to get those catches. He's going to get that PPR points. I like it. Now I have Lamar Jackson, high ceiling, high floor. As long as he's healthy on a contract year, he's going to kill it. I like it. Clyde Edwards Hilaire. He's probably the biggest question mark on my roster. I mean, fifth round, 12th pick, um, you know, he's probably going to fill the slot role or the flex role. Sorry. And I feel like if he is my flex and the worst player on my starting roster, then I'm doing all right. And then, of course, the picks after that is going to be Brandon Cooks. He's going to fill the wide receiver two role. I mean, you know, Brandon Cooks, death taxes and another thousand yard season out of him. It's going to happen. It is inevitable. Elijah Moore after that. He is probably the most riskiest person in my team i mean i just said that about clyde but i think from a volatility standpoint he is probably the most volatile person on my roster and in the seventh round being my wide receiver three i feel like i can very uh support that and overcome any dud type of performance he has and then probably one of my biggest question marks is going to be don or dawson knox tight end position i mean you know it's it's tight end. You either have one or you don't. And I'm hoping Dawson Knox has one reception, one touchdown, and uh, th- th- that's all I necessarily need out of him. I do feel like this is a playoff ready roster. I feel like this roster can get me to the playoffs. I'm pretty confident in it. But if my running backs, yep. for example, DeAndre Swift, if he gets hurt, I might be in a world of trouble. Yeah, I I think it's a solid roster. I don't love Johnson. I think there's a lot of question marks around his usage with the new regime or the new quarterback. I I don't really have any issue with your other ones. It, it's a tough year to draft, and it's a tough year to be at the back of the back of the draft, I think. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, the the benefit of the back of the draft is that you are able to double up on picks. So if you're questioning, oh, do I want him or him? It doesn't matter. Just take both. The The con, of course, is the long way in between 
those picks. And sometimes you're going to have to reach for a player that you specifically want because he's not going to be available for you. And of course, you have the disadvantage of you're not getting an elite running back early in the draft. Yep. Yeah, sounds good. So let's hear hear how you feel. So, Cooper Cup, C.D. Lamb, David Montgomery, Michael Pittman, Travis Etienne, Dak Prescott, Ken the Walkman Walker, and Austin Hooper. I really like my first two picks. I like that I was able to stack uh, Lamb with Prescott. Question marks definitely over those three running backs. We've got two untried uh, players, one of them coming off injury, the other one in an offense that's notoriously fickle with ball carriers. Montgomery, very bad offense as well. I could see him being like a 3.2 yards a carry, like 70 yards a game, no touchdown sort of operation, but got to do what we got to do. Really like Michael Pittman. I think this is probably slightly overvalued, but um, I liked him more than some of those other names. And Austin Hooper, as I said, I sort of reached for him, but I think he's going to be very good, and I wanted to talk about him. So uh, that's why I've got him. I don't love the team. I'll have to play the waiver wire, but that's the way I like to play, uh, play the matchups. I think we finish above 500. I'm not sure if it's playoff team, but, um, you know, that's that's the fun of it. I think you have a that's very strong structure. If you're able to pick up a running back off waivers, like a Cordell Patterson that happened last year, you have a championship roster. Yep. Especially with the wide receivers you have. Yep, that's exactly it. I think yeah yeah I think you know yep. Cooper Cup you know he's going to get his CD Lamb Mari Cooper's gone he's going to get his Michael Pittman upside he's going to get his David Montgomery not bad he's he's you know solid running back can't complain too much he's going to get touches he's going to get his Travis Etienne is the only question mark probably considering he probably is forced to go in your starting lineup cuz I mean you need to start two running backs um it, it's it's Jacksonville. I said it earlier. It's, it's just Jacksonville. I don't really know what to expect out of them and how that might work out and how he's going to come off of his injury. Yep. Other yeah, than there that, is a lot of questions. I mean, Dak Prescott, solid quarterback. Um, Ken Walker, I mean, you know, he, he's probably going to get a couple of touches. We're going to see how he pans out. He might be a steal of the draft, or he might be just kind of a bench warmer until it needed, and then Austin Hooper at tight end. Uh, I mean, tight end. You either have one or you don't, and after that you're hoping they get something. Yep. Agreed. All right. So, uh, so agreed. is there one takeaway you can have? This it's is a bad odd. year. This is not it's a fun year. year to be like, drafted. Just going through this motion and kind of going through the process, it's a little odd. Yeah, there's a lot of gross players. I think maybe because we hadn't delved into it too much, um, we don't have those kind of mid-round gems that we really like targeting yet. But it's a very... It's it's not a fun year so far. This what this might what it might do is put a skill ceiling into drafting. It might really weed out the people who are unprepared or have ill advised information. Yeah. yeah, not like you, dear listener, who is both prepared. Yeah, exactly. And has I mean, listen to us, you'll be all right. Remember, he called. He, Sheen called Cooper Cup. I don't want to hear it from anybody. He called Cooper Cup. Yeah, and Debo Samuel. Yes, I agree on that one. Right, yes, Debo Samuel. 
Uh, other than that, I think that wraps up this episode. I am interested. I think next time we're going to have to start earlier in the draft. Uh, you might want to maybe potentially take the first pick. Maybe I'll take the fourth pick since we kind of went in the mid to late rounds this time. And then try to go through that thought process. Because, yep. I mean, the late round, yep. it can be easier or harder depending on how you think about it. I think the earlier round, you have a little bit more decision-making. Like, are you taking McCaffrey or Derek Henry? Or Austin Eckler or Jonathan Taylor? You know, Davin Cook and all that scenario. Mm-hmm. I think that one really sets the motion for your lineup. Because, I mean, at 12th pick, you're kind of forced to take DeAndre Swift. Let's be honest. Yeah, and I I mean, it's not that bad, that bad but I mean, it's kind of made for me at this point. It's not like I had analytical advice or analytical statistics to really back up my claim. It's I need a running back. Judge Swift is there. Cool pick. Yep. All righty. So that's going to have to wrap up this episode of Sleeper. Of course, make sure to check out our socials at Sheen Solo on Twitter for Sheen and me at Top 2 Tactics with an underscore. Of course, next episode, like we mentioned, probably some more mocks on the side. We're probably going to have to add some more draft strategies. We'll probably start off with draft strategies and, of course, start off with a mock and all that good stuff. But other than that, hey, I'm ready. good luck, everybody. I'm ready. I'm ready for Rosary.